1 Corinthians 14. And I plan on finishing up today. Uh, I'm not going to be here next Sunday, so it's a good stopping off point. And actually, I didn't intend for this to be three weeks. I was intending it for, to be a one and done. But I felt like the Holy Spirit just kept, kept encouraging me to keep going with this. And so today I, I do want to focus on the benefits of praying in tongues. If you weren't here the last two Sundays, we've talked about, we've covered some things as is tongues for today. And is it for everybody? Those kinds of things. So if you were not here, I would encourage you to, you can go on the website and listen to those to kind of get the background and the backdrop of, of the series. Uh, Cause I'm not going to be going over those things again. Uh, we're going to move into the benefits. What I'd like to encourage you to do again, do this again, um, What's um, Chris's dad's name? Terry. I'd like to pray for uh, Chris's dad is in a a challenging health situation with his neck and may need surgery or need surgery. And it's a it can be a life threatening or it is a life threatening situation. And so I'd like to pray for him. But what I'd like to do, you know, we've talked about before the Bible talks about stirring up the gift of God that's in you and building yourselves up in your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit and he who prays in tongues edifies himself and again we've been talking about that there are there are different expressions of tongues uh one is when someone gives a tongue and then someone gives an interpretation and that's what it's talking about a lot in first corinthians 14 but there's also a a private there's a prayer language that we believe every christian can have and i believe god wants to have and that's the that's the expression of tongues that God gives us so we can pray. We can pray all the time, every day, and that kind of thing. And I believe that's the expression that builds us up. It edifies us personally. And in the church context, he talks about edifying the church. If you have to choose between edifying yourself or edifying the church, you need to go for edifying the church. And that's why it's important to speak in English or in language that everybody understands. If I were to start speaking in tongues at you, you would have no idea what I'm saying, and therefore you wouldn't be edified. But I'm saying all that to say this, that we need to be edified ourselves in order for us to be able to edify others. Would you agree with that? And so I believe God has given us a way to edify ourselves so that we can turn around and edify others. And what I'd like to do right now, and the reason why I'm doing this is because I want to encourage you to to get in the habit and, and to begin to do this, is to build yourself up by praying in the Holy Spirit. Now, those of you who have your prayer language, in a second, I'm going to ask you to stand and ask you just to begin to pray in tongues. And the purpose is for self-edification, to build yourself up, to, to be ready to receive what the Lord has for you today, that your faith would increase and be strengthened so you can receive what he has. He may want to do more. I believe he does want to do more than just give you information. But he may want to do some other things. And so as your faith is strengthened, then you're more able to receive what he has and what he wants to do. So let's go ahead and stand together. And also another reason I want our faith strengthened is because we're going to pray for Terry. I'm going to pray for healing. I mean, he's in a situation with his neck that that it could be life threatening. And so we just want to engage our faith and, and just reach to the Lord for his provision that he's made for this brother. Amen. So let's begin to pray in tongues right now. Just begin to build yourself up. Those of you who don't have your prayer language yet, just begin to worship God and just begin to talk to Him in your language. Just begin to love on Him and, and prepare your heart 
Tell him how you want him to have his way in you right now and to teach you and begin to minister to you. So all of us can engage the Lord right now, whether it's in English or whether it's in your heavenly language, your prayer language. Father, we thank you for your provision of healing that you made available through Jesus Christ down on the cross for us. Your word says that by his stripes we were healed. So, Father, we thank you for your provision of healing that you made available for your children, Father. That be us. So, Lord, we lift up our brother Terry to you. And we thank you for your divine intervention in his body right now. We just speak to his neck. We just come against any degenerative disease right now in his, in his spine. We speak against that disease and we command it to leave his body right now. And we release, Father, by faith, the healing anointing to flow into his body, to heal and begin to to strengthen and heal his neck, his vertebrae. Everything that's been damaged, that's been affected, we just declare and speak healing right now, right now into his body. And, Father, again, we thank you. And we pray, Lord, that this would happen in such a way that they, the doctors would have to acknowledge you, that they would know that Jesus Christ has intervened in this situation, Father. We thank you for a miracle in this man's body that would glorify you. And we give you praise and honor. Father, we thank you. Lord, thank you for helping me to deliver your message today. Holy Spirit, you are our teacher, and we rely on you to teach your body today. And, Father, we open our hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord wants to say and do in our hearts and our lives. So we open ourselves up, Father, to receive from you today. And we thank you, O God. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives. Thank you for what you're doing in this church. Thank you for what you're doing in this community, Lord. We're so excited. And thank you that we get to be a part. We get to partner with you, Holy Spirit, to see your kingdom manifested in awesome ways. And we praise you and thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, those of you who maybe you've been coming for the last couple of weeks or three weeks or whatever, and you're thinking, man, all they do is talk about tongues. If you've only been coming for the last couple of weeks, then, then that would be easy for you to believe that because that's all we've been talking about for the last two or three weeks. And we've been talking about it because, one, I believe the Lord's wanted to emphasize that to remind us. For many of us, this is not new information. It's just a reminder Because sometimes we need to be reminded of the things that God has already given us and the things that he's already told us about, the things we know, so we can partake of them again. Because sometimes we forget. It's like, oh, yeah, I knew that. Just like the Love and Respect Conference. Many of you have been through that before. You've heard that teaching. But sometimes we need to be reminded about how to minister to our spouses. Amen? And so I want to encourage you to go to Love and Respect. But back to the speaking in tongues. I appreciate what Ina Rose shared about uh, the the, uh, testimony she shared about... God's provision, miraculous provision. And our economy being in the 
the predicament it is in right now. And unless God does something miraculous, it's probably, well, I'm not going to even say that. But we're in a situation right now with our economy. Everybody's aware of that. And if it gets worse, it could get to the point to where we really have to trust God. You know, and not cliche stuff, not, oh, yeah, I'm trusting God as I pull out my credit card, you know. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. I'm talking about trusting God to where if he doesn't provide, you don't eat today. That kind of stuff. You know what I'm talking about? And um, we're talking with Natasha. Not, are you here, Natasha? I thought I saw you. Where you. There she is. Talking to her last night. Had some fellowship with her. And, and she was sharing things about how they had to pray. I believe her family or they had to pray every day for their meals. You know, we have a hard time understanding that here in America because we are blessed. There's so much. And if we don't have, we can go somewhere and get. There are places here in Stillwater where you can get food if you don't have any. But in some countries, in some situations, it's not there to be had. And if things get bad or things get to a point to where we have to really trust God, we don't want to wait till it gets bad before we start learning to trust God, right? We need to learn now. One thing that the Lord put in my heart years and years and years and years ago is he, is he said, you need to get to know me now why it's easy. And that's just been a theme in my heart as, you know, we live in prosperity, we live in affluence, and, and, and it's America's the wonderful place. There's not the persecution that you get in these other countries. And so as a result of that, it can be real easy to be lax as a Christian, just to kind of chill, just to kind of float, coast, be lukewarm. And then all of a sudden a tragic or a hardship, hard situation comes, and then we, we get all spiritual. And then we want our prayer life to go from zero to 100 all of a sudden. And it doesn't really work that way. Because when you wait till you get in trouble to begin to seek God, and all you're doing is crying out to Him, and it's all emotion. It's not faith. It's just emotion. Fear. And it's all that. And we need, you know, God is moved by faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I was listening to a sermon the other day, and, and and the brother said, if I can remember how he said it, or basically paraphrased, God is not moved by human need. What do you think about that? Because if he was moved by human need, then the whole world would be taken care of because there's all kinds of need. It's faith that moves God. God met the need 2,000 years ago. He already met it. When Jesus hung and died, he met the need. He said, okay, kids, I have the need met. Come and get it. And now by faith, we learn to obtain it. We learn to obtain it. And so when things get bad and scary and we begin, oh, God, please, oh, God, you know I, I have no food. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And we're like, He's not moved by that. But when we say, you know what, Father, your word says somewhere, I can't remember exactly where it is, but it says you shall supply all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Well, I'm not sure where it is, but you said that if I seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, all these needs shall be provided. All these things shall be provided. So, Lord, I thank you. That you promised as my father to meet my needs. That's what moves God. He's saying, they got it. And so the point is, Jesus said, when he returns, when the Son of Man finds faith in the earth. And right now we have an opportunity with the way things are. We have an opportunity to move in fear or faith. Fear or faith. And I believe this is one of the reasons why he's putting the emphasis in me and through me in these last couple of weeks and being baptized in the Holy Spirit evidence and speaking in tongues because it's a it's something that he's given us to build our faith. 
It's a way he's given us to engage him, to move in the realm of the spirit, to receive and embrace the things that he has for us. We can't just move in the natural realms and expect God to do things. You know, when Ina Rose was going to go to the school, she needed a supernatural intervention. And God provided. And I believe, and and I don't know if she made it clear, because she was, you know, trying to be brief. But as she was praying in the Spirit, all those times when she felt that welling up, but the Holy Spirit was prompting her to pray. She's speaking mysteries in the heavenly realms to bring about the provision that God had for her. That's what I believe. And so sometimes we're praying in the spirit and we have no idea what we're praying for. No, no idea what we're praying or how, whatever. But we just need to pray. We know where to pray, 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 pray. And we have no idea, but we are speaking mysteries. And I believe the Bible talks about us praying with the tongues of angels as well. So we could be directing angels to to work on God's behalf to meet a need that we have. There have been weird things. I'm kind of I'm not even following my notes right now. I'll get to that in a minute. But there have been times when I've been praying and driving, praying in tongues loud because nobody's with me. Or if my boys are with me, I can pray loud anyway because they're okay with it. They give me permission. But just be praying in tongues loud and often, just praying, praying, praying. And then I find myself doing things or whatever. Next thing you know, I diverted an accident. It's like, whoa, how'd that happen? Just like our sister was sharing earlier. Stopped at the stoplight, put her car in park and is doing something. And then the light turns green. Oh, she puts it back in drive. And in a time frame, boom, car runs a red light. She's praying in the spirit. Maybe she doesn't put her car in park all the time, but maybe she just did that time. And she didn't know why, but she was just, you know, he, it's like he gives us the ability in a way to submit to him, to let him direct us and do things through us for our protection, for our provision, for awesome, effective ministry. I mean, I believe this is bigger than we realize. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than you all. He knew something we don't know. He knew something. It's like, dude, Paul, what'd you know? I'm going to ask him. Well, I won't have to ask him when I see him. I'll ask Jesus. But he knew something. And that one verse, when I saw it years ago, when he said, I thank God that I pray in tongues more than you all. And it's like, this dude has some strong revelation. So he understood why he prayed in tongues more than them. He knew the benefits of it. And so he engaged in it. I thought, okay, I'm going to trust him since God used him to write a lot of this. So I'm going to do it too, not understanding why. And I've been, getting, I've been seeing some of the benefits, and I'm learning more and more and more the importance of this. And again, I want to reiterate, speaking in tongues, and we're talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. That gift of tongues does not have anything to do with your value as a person or a Christian or your God liking you or loving you more has nothing to do with that. Did you hear that? It has absolutely nothing to do with your value as a person or a Christian, man or woman or anything like that. Okay? We clear on that? Because that's important. And so as I begin to say and share the benefits, it can come across, it can be taken as you're better if you do this or you're, you're more mature if you do this or it can come across that way. And I just want to make sure you understand that that's not what I'm meaning at all. As I just begin to encourage you, my heart is to encourage you to embrace this thing and run with it. Because it's awesome. It really is. Okay, benefits. Talk about benefits of praying in tongues. But here's one thing. I, I was pretty excited about this. I have a little article here that I found on the internet. It's called Tongues and Scientific Research. 
And it's pretty cool when the Bible teaches and says something and then science comes along and, and says, wow, that's true. We, you know, done all these studies and we verify the Bible. I think that's pretty cool when that happens, especially when it happens through a person who's not a Christian. Isn't that pretty cool? So I want to share something that I found called Tongues of Scientific Research. You can get it on the Internet. I don't know the website. I forgot to look it up and tell you, but I can find it and give it to you if you're interested. Guy, by a guy named John Houle. Is there scientific data that corroborates what the Bible says about the A few months ago, I was driving in my car listening to the radio. I don't remember the specific program I was listening to, but information given by one of the speakers caught my attention. This person was relaying what he had learned from a medical doctor at Oral Roberts University. The doctor had made the statement that when a person is praying in tongues, brain activity changes and a part of the brain is active, which is not used for any other thing. As much as possible, I try to corroborate things or statements like these rather than accepting and running with it. So I did some research and found that indeed this is the case. On further investigation, I found out the report was made by Dr. Carl Peterson, a brain specialist at Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma. His research came after a previous one conducted in another university. So I will come back to the Dr. Peterson study later in our lesson. The other study had been conducted by researchers at the University of Pennsylvania in late 2006. In a moment, I'll give you the information as to how this research was carried out and what the statement resulting findings were. But first, I want to look at a couple of passages by the Apostle Paul that relate to the findings. 1 Corinthians 14, verses 14 and 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my mind. This verse says that when you pray in tongues, the mind is not generating the word spoken, as is the case when we speak in our native tongue. My spirit prays. When I pray in a tongue, my spirit is praying. That's what he's talking about here. And then 1 Corinthians 14.32, it says, The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of prophets. While the first passage tells us our brains are not engaged in what is said in tongues, this verse says that the person speaking in tongues does not lose control of, him, of his mind or himself. In other words, when a person begins to speak in tongues, the Holy Spirit doesn't possess them and take over, and they're totally out of control, and they're just, just speaking in tongues and they can't help it. That's not the case. Okay? That can be a misconception who, that uh, people think, well, you know, are you, can you help yourself? You know, I can't help myself. I have to pray in tongues. That's not the case. All right. While the first passage, let's see, as I began reading the criteria for monitoring, monitoring their subjects and the results, there was another thing that would interest me. If you've been around Pentecost any length of time, you have seen variations on how speaking in tongues is expressed. Some speak in tongues with great energy and bodily motions, while others speak in tongues with almost no physical movement. Some are loud and boisterous, while others are very faint or only faintly audible. I wondered if the brain activities would point to any particular reason. Now to the research done at University of Pennsylvania. The branch of study doing the research was the neuroscience department in the medical school. Specifically, brain scans were taken. These scans would measure the flow of blood in the brain. If an area of the brain is more active, it requires more blood to flow in that area. The doctor in charge of the study was Dr. Andrew Newberg. Okay, then he gives his credentials. He was blah, 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 blah. We'll skip all that. Um, and then he says, from all the sources I could find, I don't think Dr. Newberg is himself a Christian. Okay, when you do scientific studies, you need to establish a control mark as a standard. You need something against which to compare results. So in addition to taking brain images of the subject as they spoke in tongues, they did the same while each subject sang gospel songs. The study involved monitoring the brain activity of five females who spoke in tongues. 
Now, why five females? I don't know. Never mind, I'm not going to make a comment. All right, moving on. Um, that takes away the possibility of someone faking it. All right. Each of the ladies said they regularly spoke in tongues. Additionally, one of the doctors on the research staff was also a Pentecostal and allowed herself to be one of the five subjects. Okay. Radiology investigators observed increased or decreased brain activity by measuring regional cerebral blood flow with single photon emission computed tomography. Don't ask me to say that again. This imagery was taken while they were either speaking in tongues or singing. Okay, now here's the finding. Let me quote Dr. Newberg as to the findings of this research in his own words. Our finding of decreased activity in our frontal lobes during the practice of speaking in tongues is fascinating because these subjects truly believed that the Spirit of God is moving through them and controlling what was being spoken. The frontal lobes of the brain are the areas that control speech. When they sang gospel songs, this area was active, showing the ladies had to think about the words being sung. Dr. Newberg says our brain imaging research shows shows us that these subjects are not in control of the usual language centers doing this activity, praying in tongues. He goes on to say these findings could be interpreted as the subject's sense of self being taken over by something else. We scientifically assume it's being taken over by another part of the brain, but we couldn't see where this took place. At another place in the study's findings, he says the fact that this occurred in all five candidates is very significant. This finding fits perfectly with what the Apostle Paul recorded when saying that our brain is not engaged in speaking in tongues. The research didn't show what was controlling us speaking in tongues. The Apostle Paul gives us the answer, controlled by the Holy Spirit. I'm getting close to done. The, spirit, the study revealed a couple of other things. While blood flow to the frontal lobes decrease, activity in the, areas of the, activity in the area that controls self-awareness was active. That means that they knew what was going on around them and that they were not in some kind of uncontrollable trance. This is in agreement with the Apostle Paul when he said the spirit of the prophet is subject to the control of the prophet. While the person speaking in tongues does not control the word spoken, they still control whether to speak in tongues or not. A person speaking in tongues is totally aware of what is going on around them. So one finding of the tongues research study did not. Let's see, did not match up with what looked like the experience of the participant. That has to do with the area of the brain that reflects emotions. Some of those who spoke in tongues had incredible emotions, and they expected the area of the brain that controls emotion to light up. That did not happen in any of the subjects, showing less emotion than expected. The researchers are not sure what to make of this. So basically what he's saying is that the frontal lobes of the brain is what controls uh, the speech. So when you're talking or singing, there's uh, this part of the brain, wherever the frontal lobes are, very active. But as these, these individuals, all five of them, were speaking in tongues, there was no activity in their frontal lobes. No activity. Showing that something else is controlling that. Now, isn't that interesting? Isn't that interesting? And then there's another thing which I'll get to in a minute, because I asked you last week, are there any, any physical benefits of praying in tongues? And yes, there is, and we'll get to that in a second. So I wanted to share that with you to show that this research right here is showing that when people pray in tongues, they're not in control of what they're saying scientifically, which validates what the scripture says is that when in verse. um, Verse 14 of first Corinthians 14, 14, for if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. The point is, when we pray in tongues, our spirit man is praying. The Holy Spirit is praying through us 
Engaging with our spirit man. So it is a supernatural activity that we get to engage in 24-7, 365 days a year. Supernatural activity that we get to participate in all the time. Okay, so now that we see that it's a supernatural activity, let's look at the benefits. First one is when you pray in tongues, according to 1 Corinthians 14:4, you edify or build yourself up. And the second one is build your, you build up your faith. Jude, uh, Jude verse 20, beloved, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I touched on this a little bit last week. How does that happen? We say we edify ourselves, and we've heard that. We build up our faith. How does that happen? And I believe it has something to do with verse 2 of, first of chapter 14 when it says, For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries or divine secrets. That's what it says right there. You're speaking mysteries. So I believe that when a person is speaking in tongues or speaking mysteries... Somehow those mysteries and what's that engagement that's going on is what's causing you to be built up. Is what's causing your faith to be built up. So just know that when you pray in tongues, you're speaking mysteries and you're building your faith up. The second one, Holy Spirit helps me to pray when I don't know what to pray or how to pray. Have you ever been in a situation, an urgent situation or trying, please pray so-and-so has been in a car accident or please pray such-and-such and this kind of thing. And we can begin to pray logically, okay, if someone's in an accident, Father, we just pray that you'd heal them. You know, we can just start praying all the stuff that come out, comes out of our soul and our intellect. And sometimes that's okay. I mean, that's, that is effective up to a point. Because we don't know, we're not in that situation, we don't know what God wants to do in that situation or how he wants to do it. And the Bible says in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 27... Verse 26, likewise, the spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So when you're praying in tongues, you can pray the perfect will of God in that situation. Does that make sense? Okay, next, praying God's perfect. Okay, we already talked about privilege of praying for someone. I remember years ago when I was walking, I can't remember if I was coming in or out of this door over here, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just hit me with something that, that surprised me and caught my attention. And I can't remember specifically, but the thoughts were to the extent of when you pray in tongues, There's a time when you're praying in tongues when you are praying for somebody that no one else is. Because you think, what if there's somebody, what if there's a young man? Well, let me back up a little bit. I, I have the privilege of being prayed for by my grandparents who were godly women. They loved the Lord. They were Christians. So they would pray for their grandchildren. They pray for their children. So I have an inheritance. And I believe my coming into the kingdom had a lot to do with their prayers. But what if you have someone who has no heritage of Christianity? Like someone over in the Middle East somewhere born in a Muslim family and his father, his grandfather, his great-grandfather, it goes on and on and on, didn't know God, didn't know Jesus. It's like, who's praying for that guy? 
And I feel I can't prove this. I can't prove this, so to speak. But I believe the Holy Spirit was showing me that when we give ourselves to praying in tongues, we're partnering with the Holy Spirit so that he can pray in situations that we know not of. And then we can pray the will of God for an individual that we know not of that some, that nobody else may be praying for. And see, I believe the way God does things, he does things in the earth through his people. Would you agree with that? Because how's the gospel preached? Does Jesus come and preach it himself anymore? No, he doesn't. He's ordained it to be preached through his people. Because remember, he said, now go into all the world and preach the gospel. Go into all the world. As far as healing, he says, you shall lay hands on the sick and they shall, be, they shall recover. So now that things God does in the earth, he does it through his people. And so when we partner with the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, we get to pray for things that we don't know about and maybe that nobody else is praying for to see his will come to pass in the earth. And an experience that happens to me quite often that would, to me would validate this is when I'm praying, and I bet many of you have had this, this same experience. When I prayed in tongues before, like I'll be praying, just praying, praying, all of a sudden my tongue will change. It'll change dialects. It'll all of a sudden sound German. Or I'll be praying and all of a sudden it'll sound Chinese or it'll sound Native American. Now, I can't prove it because I don't know what I'm saying, but the way it sounds like, man, this sounds just like when I'm around Chinese students, what they sound like. Well, this sounds just like Germans. I lived in Germany, so I know what Germans sound like. I can, I can recognize when someone's speaking German. And it's like, wow, that's pretty cool. So my language will change. It'll go this direction and it'll go this direction. And I believe, personally, that when I'm praying in German, that I'm praying for somebody, whether it's a German person person or a person in German. Anybody else had experiences like that? Where your language changes? Changes dialects? So I don't know about you, but it excites me to know that we get to partner with God to see his will accomplished, accomplished in the earth. Another benefit, it adds another dimension to your praise and worship. 1 Corinthians 14 Verse 15 says, what is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit and I will also pray with the understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will also sing with the understanding. You ever have times when you're worshiping God and you run out of words to say, you just want to express your love. God, I love you. I love you. I love you. God, you're so awesome. God, I love you. I love. And you run out of English words to say. But you want to keep expressing love, but you don't know how. Well, an added dimension is when we begin to speak in tongues, just begin to worship in tongues. We can just go on and on and on and on. So it's like an added dimension. And Paul even said, I will pray in the understanding and I will pray uh, in the spirit. I will sing with the understanding and I will sing with the spirit. It also enhances your ability to have an attitude of thanksgiving. Remember in Ephesians chapter Five, verse 14 or 15, around there where it talks about do not be, uh, be careful how you walk. The days are evil. Do not be unwise, but know what the spirit, of the will of the Lord is. And then he says, do not be filled with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. And then he goes on to saying, make a million in your hearts, singing to one another. You remember that passage right there? Well, I find it interesting. Actually, it's in Ephesians chapter five. Ephesians chapter five. 
Verse 18 and 19. And do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I see a connection there when he says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. I see a connection there. In other words, praying in tongues gives you the ability to speak to one another psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, it enhances your ability to be thankful, to have a worshipful heart, a thankful heart. And I can promise you this, in these days, as, as the days get evil, it's going to be more and more difficult in the natural to be thankful. You know, if the gas prices happen to go up to $10 a gallon, I'm not prophesying that, I'm just not even coming close to prophet. But I'm just saying, if it gets this like, in the, how, am I, how am I going to afford this? How am I going to be able to do you know? A uh, carton of eggs is five bucks, or, you know, a dozen or whatever. I mean, and the prices are looking crazy already. But let's say it gets to a place where in the natural, I don't know how this is going to work. And what do we tend to do? Grumble and complain. And every time the gas prices go up, when it's three forty nine, it's like, okay, it's coming down. All of a sudden it jumps up three sixty nine. Oh, man, I can't. What's wrong with this? Rah, rah, rah. You know, grumble and complaining. And then the Bible instructs us to do all things without grumbling and complaining. Does it or does it not? It challenges us to not to do things without grumbling and complaining. James chapter 3 talks about the tongue. How it's an unruly member. Who can tame it? You know, and, and the tongue will direct your course of life. It'll take you this way or it'll take you that way. And it says, who can tame it? I thought, you know what? It's interesting that the tongue is an unruly member and it can direct your path, your destiny to hell or to heaven, that kind of thing. It's like, who can tame it? And he doesn't really answer it right there, but I thought, hmm, speaking in tongues, yielding my, that member to the Holy Spirit. In other words, whenever, and, and I appreciate what Emily was sharing earlier in her testimony, you know, the, uh, you know, being crabby or whatever, and, and these thoughts coming in and you have a tendency, we have a tendency to verbalize our thoughts, especially if they're negative. And she was encouraged to pray in tongues. In other words, instead of giving your tongue over to curses and, man, life stinks and I'm never going to, man, I'm a loser and, you know, all that garbage. Because, see, there is power of life and death in the tongue. Have you heard that before? There's a power of life and death in the tongue. That's, that's not just a metaphor. That's a reality. So when you speak, you speak death. Over yourself, over your situation, when you're sitting there saying, man, I'm never going to mount anything. I'm never going to get out of this situation. I'm never going to, I'm never going to, I can't hear God. I don't understand. You're just speaking this reality into your, into your life. Power of life and death in the tongue. So when you have a tendency, when things are hard, and we're not talking about everything being nice and fluffy all the time. When things are really hard and you don't have anything good to say, speak in tongues. Speaking tongues. I remember a time when, when I found out a situation. I was um, a couple of weeks out of going to Kenya, and which is also the time when taxes were due, around you know April fifteenth. And then I found out a tax situation, a personal situation that was not good. You know, thousands of dollars. Like, oh my goodness, not and not in my favor. I'm like, what? Oh my goodness. And I remember when I, I found out that information. It just like it. Someone just punched me in the stomach. You ever been hit in the stomach when you weren't looking? Any of you guys, you know, playing football or something, you're not paying attention, and poof, uh, 
You know, you just get hit. All the wind knocks out and you can't breathe. You think you're going to die. You know, waiting for the air to come back in. That's kind of how I felt. It's like, how in the world? You know, situations just hit you to catch you off guard. And what is our tendency to do? You know, just mouth, you know, wah, 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 you know, just a negative grumbling, complaining. And we're reinforcing that situation. We're solidifying that situation. Well, my soul was heavy and my soul was starting to spiral down. Have you ever, can you tell when your soul is beginning to go downward? You know, woe is me, I'm undone, I'm whine, whine, you know, whine, whine, whine. My soul was starting to move in that direction. And at that time, I remember the Holy Spirit was teaching me about being thankful in, in, in all things, praying in the Spirit, that kind of thing. So I began out of faith, didn't feel like it, I began to pray in tongues. Pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues, pray in tongues. It took me two hours of praying in tongues to get my soul back to even ground zero. Two hours. Two hours. And then after that, when I got back to even, I don't know how long it took, but it was a, a, a number of minutes when all of a sudden faith began to rise up in me. And then I began to declare, God, I thank you that you meet my needs. And I got the mindset, if I have to pay this thing for the rest of my life, you know what? So what? I'm still going to heaven. That's my attitude. I don't care. Well, I did care. That's not true. I did care. But that wasn't going to be my whole reality and focus. His kingdom. See, unfortunately, we get neutralized because God has kingdom purposes for us to do, but we allow life circumstances to knock us out of his plan. When he's saying, hey, I want you to go and, and I have people I want you to minister to, and all of a sudden I get laid off of work or I get, I get demoted in, in pay or, or something like that, and all of a sudden I'm disqualified. I can't minister to anybody because I'm, I'm locked in self-pity. Because my circumstances have been magnified and they're so big and, and God is so little. And my circumstances are so big and, oh, my goodness, what am I going to do? Oh, my, 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 my. And I disqualify myself. But that's the time when the Bible says, oh, magnify the Lord within me. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And see, if I train myself to do that, then regardless of what comes my way, I can still follow and pursue Jesus Christ 100%. Now, I'm not talking about putting our head in the sand and, and ignoring reality. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about positive thinking. I'm talking about trusting God that he's going to help me with this situation. But in the meantime, Lord, what do I do now? He says, I want you to minister to that person. Okay. And I can still move forward. And brothers and sisters, if you think we have it bad, if you think the economy or life is hitting us hard, imagine those who don't have hope in Jesus. Imagine those who don't have the hope of heaven, don't have the peace that passes all understanding. To guard their hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And they're lost and they're, they're drowning their sorrows in alcohol and drugs and, and gambling and all that kind of stuff. They don't have any hope. Who's going to help them? Who's going to offer hope to them? But if I'm acting like they are and I'm lost in self-pity, then who's going to help them? Aren't we called to be a light? And so the point I want to make is we have an opportunity. We have the ability... Build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. When that situation hit me, and I said it took two hours for me to get back to ground zero, and I kept praying and praying and praying, and all of a sudden my prayer was getting more aggressive. So I was getting angry. I was getting, you know, at the situation, shunned eyes and all this kind of stuff. I was just getting after it. And I was working around the yard, cutting grass, doing whatever. And all of a sudden I began to prophesy 
And God, I thank you that you meet my needs and this and that and that and this and all that kind of stuff. And then within a week, nobody knew about the situation other than me and my wife. It was taken care of. The whole thing was taken care of. God provided. You know, we are, and this is review, this isn't new, we are a spirit. And we have a soul and we live in a body. You with me on that? We are a spirit being. And unfortunately, we are too often led by our soul. And our soul is messed up a lot. <laughs> you know, we have some soulless issues. You know, when people talk about, you know, he's got issues. She's got issues. Well, the issues are in our soul. That's where the issues are. And so if you've got all these issues in your soul and you're praying out of your soul, you're, being, you're letting your life be led by your soul, then you become a messed up individual. But as we learn to be led by the Spirit of God who lives within our spirit, and see, when you pray in tongues, you are giving, I appreciate what a friend said last week as we were praying, that when you pray in tongues, you are giving voice to your spirit, man. You're giving voice to your spirit. So when we pray in the spirit, we're letting our spirit man commune with God. And then what happens is we become more sensitive to the spirit. In other words, our spirit becomes dominant and our soul has to follow and our body just goes along for the ride. And when we begin to, you know, the Bible talks about being led by the spirit. Being led by the spirit, come out the spirit of God, but allowing our spirit to be led by him. How many of us want to hear God? I wish I could hear God more clearly. Well, we've got to get our soul to shut up. Because our soul is screaming, it's whining, it's crying, it's feeling sorry for itself, it's full of bitterness and all this kind of stuff. And God's in the process of dealing with our soul, of helping us as we mature and, and repent of things and we're becoming more and more mature. That's the sanctification process. That's discipleship. But in the meantime... We have a shortcut to where we can be led by the Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit. So then you can make decisions out of wisdom, out of the Spirit, instead of decisions out of your soul. Because out of the soul, things make sense. It makes sense to do that, but it can be the very thing God doesn't want you to do. Protection, intervention from the Holy Spirit, intervention from God. And my wife was sharing a testimony with me, reminded me of a testimony she had the other day. And, and I'd, I'd be willing to bet if we had time, many of you could share testimonies of how God protected you miraculously. You know, speaking to you or having you do something different. <laughs> and I remember a time, I've shared this before, but I was reminded of it again yesterday. When I was driving down Western, no, excuse me, not Western, 12th Street. And those of you who lived here, have lived here long enough, you remember on the corner of 12th and Duck, the stop signs are reversed. They used to be one way, now they're another way. Some of you may remember that. Well, I remember when they first changed that. Anybody remember that? Okay, so it's not just me. Good, I'm not making this up. Well, when they changed that, they had these big flags and red signs because if, if you're used to going a certain way for years and years and years, and all of a sudden they change it, 
then they can cause problems. So they had these big flags and all that kind of stuff marking that. Hey, pay attention. There's a stop sign here now. Pay attention. Pay attention. Well, I'm going down that road, uh, 12th Street, yeah, 12th Street, and I'm just praying in tongues and worshiping. I have my worship music going and it's blaring and I'm having a good time just worshiping God, worshiping God, praying in tongues, worshiping God. I'm not paying attention, but my foot gets a little heavy, and so I'm starting to speed up a little bit, you know, going faster than the speed limit. Maybe. Now, if anybody here works for the law, I'm not confessing that. It's hypothetically, I might have been going faster than I was supposed to be. But anyway, so I'm going and going. I'm just worshiping, worshiping, praying, worshiping, worshiping. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit yelled at me. Now, I don't know if he technically yelled at me, but it was so loud. It's like, why are you yelling at me? I can, you know. He said, slow down. And it jolted me like that. I took my foot off the gas, began to slow down. And right in front of me, because remember the, sign, the signs were reversed, I had the right of way. This lady was supposed to stop. She went right through it, right in front of me. If I had still been going my present speed, she would have broadsided me. Well, then my worship went up a whole notch after I realized that I was just, I was just spared. Okay, here's a point, and then I want to share a quick video to share something that I think is pretty exciting, a couple-minute video. Does it make sense that God would give a gift like this with all these benefits for just some of his children? Doesn't make sense, does it? Because it ain't true. He wants this for all of us. And it's not a you have to get it, you better get it or else. It's like, hey, guys, look what we get to have. And there's plenty for everybody. So those of you who've been praying in tongues, who have the have received your prayer language, I want to encourage you to pray like nobody's business and just stir it up more and more and more and let him train you and let him teach you and let him show you things. And I believe answers that you've been, questions you've had, I believe he'll, I've had that happen. I've had questions about things and I'm praying in the spirit and all of a sudden, boom, whoa, I didn't know that. So I get the scriptures out and look, it's like, whoa, that's true. But the Holy Spirit teaches me stuff that I didn't know. It just drops it in my spirit and he wants to teach us things. So begin to pray. Those of you who don't have that yet, and you've been asking before, don't stop asking. Say, God, I want this. I want this. Come up for prayer. Let us pray for you. Or meet with us privately if you need to. Let us pray for you. We want you to have what God wants for you so that you can run in the benefits and the goodness that he has for you. Not to make you a better person, but to help equip you, make you strong. So that we can do the things he's called us to do. Amen? Now, does this have personal, not personal, but uh, physical benefits? Are there any physical benefits of praying in tongues? Go ahead and and roll this video and um, we'll see. I mean to you. In fact, not too long ago, you can find this on the internet as well. There is, uh, I don't know, it was years ago when I discovered this on the internet. And Brother Constringer also found it, you know, a, a, a psychiatrist or a mental surgeon, I forgot, in R. Roberts University did a study of people praying in tongues. And he has all the instruments for it, all the electrodes and all that to check your brain patterns and your body and all that. And just let the person pray for some time in tongues. And you know what this doctor, doc, I remember his name, Dr. Patterson. I don't know what his full name, I think Ross Patterson or one of them. The kind of names, okay, Patterson. But... At that time, he was in R. Roberts University. So he, he put all these electrodes, and the guy began to speak in tongues. And he found out that the stress level, miraculously, just goes down when someone prays in tongues. 
Number two, the immune system is boosted 30 to 50%. There is today, there's no known drug that can boost your immune no, no food, no, no miracle powder food, whatever, all right, that can boost your immune system from 30 to 50%. That's what he found out. Not only that, it releases endorphins, the same kind of uh, hormones that is released when you are exercising. A man that kills pain. Another thing, it brings down your blood pressure. Mm. Those of you who got blood pressure from before your next visit to your doctor, pray in tongues for a long time. That whole day pray in tongues, then go and check. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Isn't I'm telling you, church, God has given us an amazing... Do you think for one moment your Father in Heaven will give you something that is not significant? How dare we treat this with disdain? Amen. So stir up the gift, amen? Love. He mentioned that uh, the immune system is boosted. mentions that the stress levels go down. Blood pressure goes down. Now, is that pretty cool or what? Just praying in tongues has physical benefits. And I want to read a scripture, last scripture. It's uh, out of Isaiah 28. It's verse um, 11 and 12. It says, For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. Okay, now, I've heard someone mention that before, but I thought, well, how do they know that that has anything to do with tongues? Well, um, in 1 Corinthians 14, when Paul's talking about the whole thing on tongues, he brings this passage up in verse 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips I will speak to this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. In other words, now, I don't understand all this that he's talking about, but as I read in Isaiah, I'm going to read it again. For with the stammering lips in another tongue, he will speak to this people to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. So in other words, the connection is this gift of tongues has something to do with God's rest. And he talks about stress going down. Now, how many of us need a less stressful life or less stress in our lives? So for that one benefit right there. We need to all get it, right? That one benefit. But that is, I mean, we can, the world's way of doing things is, okay, go in a closet and close everything out and shut your eyes and meditate on a candle or something to reduce the stress. Now, you can do that if you've got time for that. But if you have a busy, stressful kind of life, like being a doctor, neurosurgeon, or a housewife, or, or somewhere you got life happen all the time, you don't have time to go hide with some candle and meditate. Right, Lisa? <laughs> But God has given us a way to overcome stress and have peace, peace that I give you, not the peace that the world gives you. I thought that was pretty cool. Let's stand up together. I'm going to ask the prayer team to come forward. You guys will come up. Now, the book that, that's in the bulletin, Supernatural Prayer Life or something like that, um, I read it a long time ago. I was going to read it again this week, but I forgot. I didn't have time, actually. But it's an incredible book.